Like that? Tell the people that phony water is back. Like that? Tell the people that phony water is back. Like that? Tell the people that phony water is Our hearts were ripped out in our first nationally televised game at home, and it hurt bad. Welcome to the 49ers Triumvirate Podcast. We feel your pain, and like a good therapy session, we'll step through it and analyze it together. Should we be worried? Should we pump the brakes? Are we pretenders or contenders? To help with the therapy, we have my bros, Tony and Carlos. How are you guys holding up? Uh, hanging in there, man. Just... <laughs> It sucks. Sucks to lose. Yeah, Monday Mondays suck, uh, and the whole week does when when you lose on Sunday. My birthday was bad luck after all, but, but it, <laughs> you know, at least it didn't ruin the day. And our parents came through, as they always do. We had enchiladas, we had sopas. It was a great time up until the last uh, thirty-seven seconds of the game. There, it was good food, and then uh, I think it almost all came out at the end. Yeah, it was a it was a fun game all around watching it with everyone and it was a good good vibes at home, but unfortunately we just couldn't step away with that good good feeling of a victory, man. It's a sinking feeling in the stomach for sure. So we have yeah. a lot to cover today. Um some things that we'll talk about. Of course we'll get to the quarterback. We're gonna leave it till a little bit later. Uh there's plenty of blame to go around. We'll talk about the refs, we'll talk about Shanahan and his uh play calling and clock management. Um, of course, we'll address corners and defense uh, and uh, our offense and Jimmy G and Trey Lance. So we'll get into all that. Uh, wanted to mention our GPM is now two and one. It was wrong, kind of, right? It was pretty close. It actually predicted that 49ers to win by like 1.4 points. Um, but that didn't hold true in the last 37 seconds of the game. Um, we'll do We'll do a recap here. Essentially, the Packers dominated the first half, right? I mean, it was just our offense looked horrendous. We were lucky to come away with points at all at the end of the first half. Um, there was no intentional grounding call on a play there by Jimmy G at the end. And we'll talk about the refs some more. But at the end of the first half, the score was 7-17. We got the, ba- the ball back in the uh, second half. Um, and we did much better in the second half. We ended up scoring 21 of our 28 points. Luck went our way. The refs were actually on our side, in my opinion. You guys might differ on that. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Jimmy G does come through on the last drive, but he also didn't play very well. Essentially, Jimmy G being Jimmy G, where it's it's just hard. It's hard to say one way or another. Uh, And we'll talk about this more as well. Um, Needless to say, we were up by one point, 28-27 at the end of the game. The Packers were were out of timeouts, 37 seconds left on the clock. And Rodgers looked confident. He was talking to his team on the sidelines before the kickoff. Two passes got him in position for a 51-yard field goal to win the game, and Crosby pulls through. So, you know, that's that's how it went down. Yeah, and I mean, even uh, as the 49ers scored that last touchdown, I mean, I looked around. You know, we're watching in the garage on the projector, and I think we all kind of knew 37 seconds was 37 too long for, for Rodgers. So it was kind of like we were celebrating the touchdown, but, oh, man, you just kind of knew who was on the other side of that field. I know. And, and you know, we've been through a lot of games like this, and you, you want to celebrate. You, you have the feeling that you're going to win. But, you know, as I was trying to remind all of us there, it's like a, it's not over. Look at the quarterback on the other side. 
Um, and it's a feeling that we wish we had, right? When are we going to get that freaking quarterback that scares everyone and you don't want to leave too much time on the clock for them? Yeah, I mean, what, what's disappointing or more heartbreaking is just I think the odds of us uh, losing or of uh, – I know there's a metric usually that, that predicts the percentage of us winning. I mean, 37 seconds, no timeouts. It's what's, what's, what's key there. And I know as we'll get into it, just the, the defense that we played, that we ran, I'm not sure what D'Amico Ryans was doing. But, I mean, Devonte Adams, everyone and their mom knew that he was going to be the target. And he made the two big catches, man. God dang Devontae it. Devonte Adams. After he got knocked out earlier in the game and the quickest concussion protocol I've ever seen, he just walked in and walked right out of the blue tent. And, yeah, man, he, he had a game. He was tearing us up all night. I think one of one of my takeaways there is that, you know, for, for the rest of this season, unless we address the cornerback position, which we'll get into as well, if if the other team has a legit quarterback and wide receiver tandem, we're going to be in trouble. So really quick, team stats, total yards here. Uh, I'm just going to mention some of these. The Packers had 353 total yards to the Niners, 298. Passing was pretty close, 253 for the Packers, 231 for the Niners. Rushing, uh, surprisingly, 100 for the Packers and only 67 for the Niners. We'll get into the run game situation here. Uh, yards per play, 6.0 by the Packers, 4.6 for the Niners. Let's see, third down efficiency was similar. Turnover, we had four sacks allowed, though, to one sack for the Packers. You would have thought that was flipped. Uh, that's what we talked about in our pregame. We thought we'd get pressure on, on Rodgers and, and that would be critical. And that was not the case. Um, Penalties, uh, the uh, Packers were penalized three times more than the 49ers, or they were penalized seven times as opposed to our four times, but the, the penalties were pretty critical. Uh, we did lose a fumble. There was an interception thrown, so we, do, we did lose the turnover battle, and the time of possession was pretty similar. So let's, let's, um, let's start off by talking about the refs. In my opinion... This was one of the game, one of the rare games, right? Usually fans feel screwed by the refs, and it's usually <laughs> on both sides. It's usually on both, you know, by both fans uh, of the teams. And in my opinion, there were several calls here that went our way, and, and that's rare. One of them was Jimmy G getting hit on the head, and and, and it was called uh, roughing the passer. The defender kind of jumped up trying to block the pass and just barely tapped him. I thought that was ticky tacky. Yeah, we got lucky there. Jimmy Ward knocked out Devontae Adams. They could have easily thrown a flag on that one. I will, I'll call that lucky. Usually they throw the flag just because it looks so violent, even though it was a bang-bang play and Jimmy Ward he did seem to use his shoulder. But still, I think we got lucky there. Uh, there was a catch by Sanu that was pretty critical. I, it might have been third down, but it looked like he didn't catch it. It was it was a bad throw by Jimmy. Uh, there, it, You know, uh, LeFleur challenged it. But it stayed as a catch, even though it looked like he didn't quite have control when it hit the ground. Um, really of course, go, uh, one last one, and then you can go, Tony. The intentional grounding that was not called at the end of the first half was also huge there. Um, and, of course, Lafer was really pissed about that one. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, as I say, even on top of that, you know, a lot of the time what the Packers were doing, they were going, you know, for the deep ball, and Devontae Adams or other receivers were drawing the uh, passing interference uh, penalty, but towards the end of the game, there were some calls where uh, our corners were all over uh, Adams, and they didn't call it. Really surprisingly, yeah, 
Yeah, I think to to me it's just the the officiating was horrendous just because it was very inconsistent. Like you know, one time they're they're calling a pass interference and then you see another replay, even though it was against the Niners, that okay, wait a minute, based on the previous penalty call, you should have called that, but now you're not calling it. Um and it's just a lack of consistency. Um, and sometimes the, the refs have to decide we're going to let them play or are you going to call it by the you know, letter of the law? Because sometimes, especially, you know, on the deep passes, a lot of the times the quarterback is just throwing it up there, hoping for either a pass interference or that he catches it. And that's essentially how the game started off with Rodgers and Devontae Adams, just throwing it yep. up there and hoping for a catch or a flag. Even even if the ball's not catchable, right? Because they, they changed that rule. I mean, that's what, yeah. I, what I was arguing. I always thought that was – I think that's kind of BS. It, you know, if the ball's not catchable. Yeah, now, and on that Sanu play, they also changed the rule as well because I think it was, was back to the Des Bryant. It's a catch, but it's not a catch <clears throat> where he, you know, he had the ball, he had possession, he had control prior to going down to the ground, and then he maintained control throughout the the, the – the attempt. So what changed there is that um, as long as you have control of the ball prior to hitting the ground and the ground doesn't assist in you regaining possession uh, or maintaining possession of the ball, then it's considered a catch. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's open for interpretation. I think either way, the fact that the refs are a topic, you know, right there that uh, officiating was not good yeah and i wouldn't have been surprised if they would have overturned it from a catch to a no catch i mean it was it was that close um i and usually it doesn't go your way so so yeah we just wanted to point out that the refs in this case i think did help the 49ers significantly otherwise this could have been a much uglier game for in my opinion for sure i think if we win this game and you guys might differ an opinion here if we win this game at the end, I would have felt like we stole the game from the Packers, which is awesome. I'll take that, right? <laughs> yeah. But the Packers would have probably felt like they just choked at the end, that they that they were robbed. Um, that, that's how I would have felt, so that, that we stole this game. So, I mean, it felt bad to lose that way, but I feel like the Packers outplayed us. Um, they, they they deserved the win more than, more than we did, and it doesn't always end up that way. Whoever's deserving doesn't always win. But in this case, I think they 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 did outplay us overall. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased here because I'm a Niner fan. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think in the first half we definitely got outplayed. Um, in the second half, I think we 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 finally turned it on. Um, and I think as we'll talk later, that falls on coaching. But I saw numerous oca- numerous occasions where Nikki B was being pushed in the back or, or essentially, you know, blocking the back and they weren't calling it. He's getting chipped every other play and they're just not calling whether he's being held or, or, or clipped in the back. So um, I think with officiating, uh, it goes both ways. I think the argument can be made that we got some more favorable calls. Um, but I mean, it, it's just that that's the way it goes sometimes. And, yeah, I think all you can ask for with the rest is that they're consistent. You know, whichever way they're calling the game, if they're, you know, not going to let anything go, that has to go for both teams or same thing. You know, if they're going to let the, the receivers and corners kind of be a little bit physical with each other, then it has to be for both teams. As long as they're consistent, that's all you can ask. Yeah, I, I almost felt like the Packers were getting getting the early calls and then the rest were trying to make up for it and balance it out and then giving the Niners Yeah, no, that's a good point. Something. And it's just, I mean, just call it like it is, be consistent and, you know, don't don't be a topic at, after the game, but anyway. 
So, yeah, so the officiating was part of the game. Unfortunately, whether, you know, we like it or not, that was how it went. Uh, let's talk about Shanahan, his uh, clock management and, and play calling. How did you guys feel about how he handled the game? My, my stock in Shanahan, I think it's going down. I think uh, prior to this game um, and, and our GPM, we had Shanahan as the superior uh, coach to, to LaFleur. Um, after this game, if we were to play them again tomorrow, I would call it just about even or maybe even give LaFleur the upper hand. Um, and just because, one, yes, I think Shanahan in year five, you know, clock management is still an issue. Like, sometimes, we, you know, we don't call timeouts. I don't know why. Either we, we give up before the first half is over. We're not really trying to score. Or we, we have the timeout where the clock is ticking. It's like, dude, call the timeout. Call the timeout. Compose yourself. You have time. Think about the next play. Think about what you're going to do. Um, and it just didn't make sense to me. Those 37 seconds uh, could have been essentially chewed up at the end where we could have ensured that either we win the game or we lose the game, obviously. But Aaron Rodgers is not getting another crack at it. It's going to be on us and that's it. But we didn't do that. We were saving the timeouts for I don't know what purpose. Um, that made ahead. zero sense. Yeah, yeah, it made zero. It made zero sense. We. I, uh, I don't know. Y- y- one of the it? things. Go, oh. uh, go ahead, Tony. I was gonna say I think it's a difficult in that situation because um, offense was rolling right, and I think Shannon Sosin said that I don't think we expected uh, Juice to score on that play. Um, I think yeah, they would have liked to maybe him to be been like a yard short. But then, you know, you kind of risk not scoring. And I guess like you said, you know, do you risk losing the game like we did yesterday? Do you risk losing the game, you know, getting down to the one-yard line and not being able to score? Because, like, if you remember before the, the half, we were struggling to uh, to get into to the end zone. It took, like, five, six plays. It was until Trey Lance came in and we did that design quarterback run. But I, I think that situation, you know, the offense was clicking. I think, you know, you don't give the defense time to, to set up. But yeah, 37 seconds was, was too long. It's just one of those kind of, you know, situations where the offense was rolling. It's kind of hard to to call it. Man, but that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you're the head exactly. coach and you're the million dollar. You know, you, you need it, – it's it's a situation of football. You need to practice this. You need to set it up in practice and be like, all right, just situational. You know, one minute left. We're at the 40-yard line. We're marching two timeouts. How do we handle it? Yeah, I, I agree with Carlos on this and disagree here, Tony, with what you're saying. And, and here's why, you know, what Carlos said, Shanahan's playing is getting paid the big bucks. You know, in engineering, before we start a project, we do project planning. Uh, we talk about risks, what may happen, opportunities. You got you to gotta think that coaches are doing the same thing. You know, one of the main priorities during their um, game planning should have been limit Aaron Rodgers' is plays, right? And, and we talked about that. Can we run the ball? Can we keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands? So priority number one, do not give Aaron Rodgers opportunities. We saw how the game was going. They were attacking our corners, which is something that we talked about at the pregame. Attack our corners, they suck. And either you're going to get a big play or you're probably going to get pass interference because guess what? They're going to get desperate. They can't keep up. They're going to they're gonna be pulling at jerseys. They're going to be doing whatever they can because they're just not talented enough. And we misread a lot, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But and, let me stay on. Let me stay on the on the topic here. Um, so you want to limit opportunities, and you saw Aaron Rodgers taking advantage of us already. 
during the game. What does this mean? This means that it's towards the end of the game. You don't want to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. You have three timeouts, and it's four down territory, right, in order to try to score a touchdown. So you do what you got to do to bleed that clock and score at the very last second as much as possible. That's one. Two, you got to let that game clock come down as much as possible. We saw on Twitter, because uh, I, didn't, I didn't pay attention during the game. We were, we were up in the emotions, right? We're not the ones getting paid to, to, to be thinking about all this. But apparently in the last play before Juice scored the touchdown, there was 12 seconds left on the play clock um, when Jimmy G snapped the ball. You subtract 12 seconds from the 37, and we probably win the game now, right? It's, it just becomes much harder because LaFleur actually mismanaged the game worse than Shanahan did as far as timeouts. He just was wasting him left and right, and they needed him desperately at the end. Guess what the talk would have been if we chew up the clock and win at the end? Or if we, we, we do, let's say that we do kick it off and they have a, one timeout left, and now it's a, it makes a big difference. Um, but they were set up to lose this game at the end because they had no timeouts. They had mismanaged that. And, and that's what we, what I said in the, in the pregame, right? It was, it's going to come down to the last couple of possessions. Whoever has the ball last, it's going to be really close. It's going to be the team that wins. Again, with 37 seconds left, all of your three timeouts, you have to have the confidence in your offense to be able to say, okay, we got this. We have three timeouts. We're, you know, we're almost in the red zone or in the red zone. Uh, we can manage this and play it out so that Rodgers does not get the ball back. Our, our defense, this is not the 2019 defense, guys. This is not the 2019 defense. So you can't go out there and say, we're going to score quick. Who cares? Just put it out there. Our defense, our defense has it. We, we, we can, you know, roll out there and say we would rather have our defense out there than our offense. This is not the case. It's not the strength of the team this year. Nope. Don't let the first two weeks fool you. We were playing teams that just weren't that good. Their quarterbacks weren't gonna, weren't gonna aren't gonna scare anyone. Goff and and uh, I forgot the other guy's name already because it doesn't matter. Hurts, <laughs> <laughs> Hurts. who they just uh, got embarrassed by the Cowboys, by the way, here on Monday Night Football. So the other thing that. I feel where Shanahan messed up and he admitted this in his press conference it was in the first half. Yeah. Our offense had been struggling, right? They've been struggling pretty bad just to move the ball. I think we only had like one first down in the whole first quarter. Uh, and it was fourth and one near the 50 yard line. We were actually rolling a little bit and Shanahan decides to punt the ball, which, and, and of course Aaron Rodgers got it. And I think they just marched down the field and scored anyway. Um, and, and he said he regretted it. And you could tell because at the end of the first half, he went for it on fourth down on a very gutsy play uh, where Trey Lance came in and everyone knew it was probably going to be a run except the Packers. And, and he ran it in. Great block by um, by our Trent left Williams. tackle there, Trent Williams. But, you know, how, how do you go for it on fourth and goal where you have a, a field goal pretty much guaranteed, but you don't go for it? And at the 50-yard line where Aaron Rodgers, if he gets the ball, he's probably going to end up scoring anyway. Just go for it. Well, well, now there's a situ situation. I think it was third and goal, but there's only like three seconds left on the clock at the end of the second half. So if Lance didn't get in, it, we would have went into the half with zero points. But yeah. I, I agree, you know, fourth and one, middle of the field, the offense is finally rolling a bit, you know, especially with like the quarterback sneak that had been working so well the last few weeks. There's just something, man, one yard. 
I think it just should, speaks volumes on, into how much either Shanahan believed in the run game and in Jimmy G. I mean, it, he regretted it. He's, like you said, he said it himself. He, it was, he regretted it tremendously. And, and this is what I'm saying in terms of the stock going down with, with Shanahan, in my opinion. Um, just because, again, you know, he's in year five uh, of his head coaching experience here, his, his head coaching campaign. And I think, again, you know, fourth and one, do you not have the confidence in your quarterback, in your offensive line, or in yourself to call the right play to get it? And uh, I think that also further adds to it in, uh, in terms of his decision to continue to roll with Jimmy G. I think it's, it's, it's obvious, right? On fourth and one, Jimmy G's out there. You're, you don't want to go for it. You don't risk it. You don't have the confidence in your offense. But whatever it is, you don't have the confidence in your quarterback. Now it's third and goal, uh, three seconds left. Either you score or you're shut out, a big goose egg going into the half at home. Right. What does he do? He rolls in Trey Lance. He rolls in Trey Lance. And uh, that's what I'm talking about is that you need a head coach to have the confidence in his quarterback to say, dude, we're going to get this done. We're going to score. You know, look at what John Harbaugh does with Lamar Jackson. We're going, we're going, let's go for it. Or, you know, Aaron Rodgers waving off LaFleur or whatever it is to say, no, we, we got this. We're going. I think Jimmy G is just like, yes, sir, we, we won't go for it. Let's, let's march off. He's, he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's not saying, no, coach, let's go for it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, he, and, it's like, and it's like you said, too, situational football. You, you, think, you would think they practice at least five different fourth and one plays. Um, before the game that you'd have confidence in dialing up right away, right? Absolutely. Uh, Again, they they have to think, you know, they have to practice all this and be aware. The team should be aware. I mean, even if you don't want to go for it, at least something that I like that Harbaugh would do on fourth and one, I remember so many times that that, uh, uh, that we got the teams to jump. You line up, you set up like if it's going to be a run, then they do this crazy motions where everybody moves and their team just jumps. I mean, Shanahan has so many um, receivers or tight ends and fullbacks moving in each play that the other team won't even know, are they really going for it or are they moving just to move and try to get us to jump? You yeah, know, that, that's, a, that's key right there, man. Use yeah. that to your advantage. That's a great point. That's a great point right and, there. And, and another thing I want to add too is that uh, I'll give credit here to to Skip Bayless. You know, he was saying that L- Little Wayne, who is a big uh, Green Bay Packers fan, and Shanahan is a big, big fan of Little Wayne uh, and his music. Um, but anyway, Little Wayne was saying that the energy at Levi Stadium would just reach a whole other level when Trey Lance would, would march out there. I mean, and we saw it. Anytime Trey Lance marched out there, the offense had to you know, quiet down the crowd, you know, try to settle everybody down so they can hear the call. So I can only imagine if I'm a player, if I'm a lineman, if I'm a receiver, if I'm a running back and Trey Lance comes in, the the energy in the crowd and the stadium just rises. I mean, that has to pump up the rest of the team, man. I mean, we we saw in that third and goal. I mean, Trent Williams sent that corner almost all the way back to Wisconsin (laughs) after that damn Yeah. So, I I mean... it's just, it's just frustrating. I think right now I'm frustrated with Kyle Shanahan. 
I agree. You know, it's, it just seems like he has this internal battle in his head of he's a head coach and not offensive coordinator. And I felt like maybe as an offensive coordinator, he wanted to go for it so bad on fourth and one. But as a coach, he was thinking, no, the smart thing is to punt it, let, let our defense. But is he still trying to run it back like it's 2019? I mean, this is just not the same team. We don't have Mostert, first of all. We don't have that dominant defense, as you said. It feels like 2019 was a lucky year, a, a kind of a fluky year. And that's because success was not attributed to a legit quarterback. When you don't have a legit quarterback, then then you can't be consi- you're not going to be consistent. It's going to depend on the rest of the players, the defense, whatever got you there. Because uh, you know everyone knows it wasn't Jimmy G that got us through the playoffs no, and into the Super Bowl. The defense, yeah, and, and not only that, but I think um, during the Packers game we saw Norman go out. Right, we were we saw also uh, Williams go out with the calf strain. So we were, we, our defense was not going to, number one, we've already suffered injuries with Verrett. That changed the entire defense already because our secondary is suspect now. Then we suffered two more injuries at the beginning of the game. So it, it can't be just next man up every single time and expect the, the drop of, of, of play uh, to, to be sustained at an elite level there's going to be they're going to need help the rookie is going to need help the third and fourth string they're third and fourth string for a reason yeah so it, it can be you know we're going to be dominant on on defense and we're just going to run the ball um so that and, and yeah and i'll say and i guess just keeping it on the topic of, of shanahan i think that's another thing that i would knock him for is the personnel he picked to go into that game uh, like you said, we lost um, Bert, not, well, obviously Barrett, but in the game we lost Norman and Williams. And going into this game, Embry Thomas and Drake Kirkpatrick, the corner we just signed, were inactive, so we could have more active running backs. Running backs that we didn't use. Yeah, that we did not use at all. Sherman sure. and Juice Check were the only ones that carried the ball. And Lance. Yeah, that's a great point and a great segue. What's going on with our rushing offense? I mean. You know, what what did you see there, Tony? Why were we struggling to run the ball? Well, I think part of it was, I mean, the the, the Packers defense just doesn't respect Jimmy G. I mean, all their safeties were uh, within 10 yards from the line of scrimmage, man. So they were just kind of stacking the box. Um, I think someone, you know, was saying they were looking at the All-22 film and they had never seen so much defense, like, you know, that close uh, in the box. So anytime you would even try to run the ball, I mean, Sermon didn't really even have a chance to get going. Uh, same with Juice. And then also we, we were kind of um, trying to catch up the whole game, which forced Jimmy G to throw. It was it was pretty bad. But this, is, this isn't this is an issue that we've just seen uh, in this week. We saw it last week as well. We couldn't run the ball. And I, 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 I go ahead, go ahead, P. I was just going to say that Trey Sermon, you know, we, we called this during the preseason that he just did not look like the film, his college film showed. We thought he actually looked like uh, Frank Gore a little bit looking at his college film. I don't know what the hell is going on. He doesn't really know the offense well enough or what, but he just does not look very good. He doesn't look like he's a good fit for this, for this offense. Uh, so that certainly didn't help. Yeah, I, I think, you know, why we couldn't run the ball well. I think number one, going back to uh, the the keys of victory, had said for the Packers that I think they they probably listened to our podcast and they just pretty much took the recipe right from <laughs> me and and 
and that's what they did. We lost the battle in the trenches. So it, it, we, there are, I guess, low lights of our center Mac being just pushed straight back into Jimmy G or into the running back. Brunscale, same thing, getting just mauled and pushed right back. So, you know, we, we couldn't really establish the run up the middle. You know, sweeps were working for a while, but then, I mean, we, we fell behind. You know, we, we the Packers got up, got up on us early. We, so that means we could no longer control the clock and run the ball. But not only that, I think Tony just, you know, he nailed it on the head. It's the, the straight up disrespect to our passing game. The safeties are not worried about Jimmy G throwing it deep. If he does throw it deep or try to throw it deep, they can recover and catch up to it. It's not like a laser bullet that's that's being flung from Jimmy G all the way across the field or down the field. So it, it's straight up just saying, Jimmy G, you can't throw. You can't throw beyond 10, 15 yards. We're just going to take away the run and dare you to to beat us. And, 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 he, and he did throw he did throw deep to George Kittle and again. And, <laughs> and actually I'll I'll say that that was a, actually a pretty crazy play by uh, Alexander, man. He he flew back to the ball. It was a pretty crazy interception. So he, here's the thing. I'm not saying it wasn't a good play by Alexander. Did he fly back to the ball or did the ball just take so long to get there? I thought the ball was on target by Alexander. Yeah, he made a pretty crazy play. I, I feel uh, like the ball the ball took too long to get there though. He, it was a crazy play. It was on target. It would have been a, a, a perfect pass, but it did it did take long. a while. It just took too long to get there. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I also say that even for the whole first half uh, of the game, like Carlos was mentioning the sweeps, the Packers were ready for that. I mean, they knew that we weren't going to be throwing the ball down the field that often. And so they were ready for all those Debo sweeps. There was a Ayuk sweeps. I mean, they, they were they were stopping anything we were throwing at them and it was. I was pretty frustrated with how, how Shanahan was calling that game in the beginning. I think every single team we play from here on out, that is going to be, you know, the strategy. See, the, the advantage we had in 2019 was that the teams are like, we're going to stack the box. We're going to stack the box and we're going to stop the run. But we were so effective in running the ball that it was like, go ahead, stack the box. We're still going to run it on you. We're and that still, was 2019. And that was that 2019. Was... We're still going to run it down your throats. You know what? On this next play, we're going to run it. I'm telling you right now, we're going to run it, try to stop us, and we would still run it down their throats. So yeah. with that, they would stack the box, do all that. Well, guess what? With the run working, even with them stacking the box, that would set up the play action. That would let you know Shanahan do his play action, roll out with Jimmy G, and there were simple throws or there were wide open George Kittle because they were yeah. so focused on stopping the run uh, and they couldn't. But now it's like, okay, we're going to stack the box. We are going to stop the run. Um, and then if you try to establish it, we're still going to stack the box because Jimmy G can't get it behind us anyway. Here, here's what I'm gonna, how I'm going to refer to this offense that worked well in 2019, but it's just not going to cut it this year. It's, it's a constipated offense. I mean, that, doesn't, it, doesn't it feel like it takes such an effort to get a first down? Like we run once, we might pass once, and we just barely will get the first down. And God forbid we lose a yard on one of the downs because then it's almost a guarantee we're not going to get it if we get any negative yards. I mean, it just takes such an effort to move the ball sometimes. Uh, and it's just not going to cut it when your yeah. defense is not, is not going to slow down the, the, the top flight offenses. And, I, and that's I, that's go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. 
I was gonna say, yeah, I think agree. It's such a like a like a battle for every yard. And I mean, I, I feel for the the wide receivers, man. They're probably sore today. I mean, Jimmy was just getting them killed. Those safeties were were so down that anything under twenty yards, they were crashing hard, man. Debo took some hits, and Ayuk took some hits. So, yeah, like you said, every yard that we're getting, you know, like Paulo said, it feels like we had to push so hard, you know. Whereas compared to twenty nineteen, it, it was it was like butter. Let's go ahead and just get into Jimmy G already, guys. Yes, I think we'll, 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 come, we'll come back to the defense. We'll come back yep. to D'Amico Ryans. But let's get into Jimmy G. And this is the quarterback that Shanahan has decided to go with. And we've talked about how confusing it is to us and how it doesn't make sense because he flirted with every free agent quarterback out there or tried to trade for him. Then we traded up in the draft. But yet here we are, week three with Jimmy G. This is the offense, the constipated offense we're running with him. What did you guys make of Jimmy G's play? I'll let you go first, Tony, because right, right now I need, a, <laughs> I, I, I need to take a breather here before I let some fly out there for the – there, there could be children present. It's going to be fire. And I guess just to recap, I don't know if Paulo mentioned it. Jimmy G was uh, 25 for 40, 257 yards, one touchdown, and one interception, um, and also one fumble, I believe. Um Oh man, it, it was it was frustrating. I mean, Jimmy G first half, like in typical Jimmy G fashion, he was missing throws. He was he looked stiff. I mean, it, we were giving him credit the last two weeks to where he was moving around in the pocket, kind of like scrambling. And in this game, I don't know what happened, man. He looked like like a deer in headlights. He wouldn't climb the pocket at all. You would just stand still. He would not move for whatever reason. The pocket was crumbling. You know, defenders were getting at him, and he just would not move. Um, I'll give him credit where credit is due. He did lead that, you know, the game winning or I guess potential game winning drive. You know, he, he hit uh, the receivers where they need to be hit. And, you know, he, he led us all the way down. Um, and there was a drop pass by Ayuk in the, in the first half uh, before Lance went in for the touchdown. That, that was a good throw that Ayuk should have caught um, that we, we would have scored before the half. But with, with, However, Jimmy G's playing, I don't think there's anything he can do that Trey Lance cannot do. I mean, like Carlos said, you can feel the energy and the buzz when Trey Lance goes into the game. I don't think there's any throw or anything that Jimmy uh, can do that Lance can't make. And Lance gives you more. Lance makes the defense play 11 on 11 football. As you can see, he can use his legs and he has the arm to throw it deep. Yeah, uh, one, one correction I'm going to say. I think he threw for two touchdowns according to the stats. One of them was uh, use check. Oh, you're right. Who, and who, yeah. who, who and was Ayuk, the other one? Ayuk, Ayuk did redeem himself, and he caught another touchdown. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, you're right. So Jimmy G, I think he, he still has us pulling our hair. He, he's the Jimmy G we expect. He's up and down. You know, he's bad Jimmy in the first half, good Jimmy in the second half. Uh, you know, if Shanahan's plan was to let Jimmy play himself out of the team or out of the locker room, it didn't quite work in the Packers game because you know what we, we were, you know, we were very frustrated throughout the game, right? We would look at each other. We'd talk about like, man, why don't we just get Lance in there? But we said, no, let's let Jimmy play it out. You know, it, can he bring us back here on this last drive? Can he, can he, uh, you know, score a touchdown and, and, uh, and win the game. And, and that's exactly what he did. You know, he did score the touchdown. He did have us ahead by a point. Um, but, like I said earlier, I think we were very lucky with the calls from the refs. I think in general, we've been lucky this year with the first two games that we had. 
the first two teams weren't able to take advantage of of the flaws of the mistakes. Uh, the Packers, I think the game could have gotten out of hand if it wasn't for some lucky breaks. Uh, and I think it'll come more to light once we play more legit teams. Like I think Seattle, you know, the, the division games, and of course the Rams. And we'll we'll talk about the Rams later, man. That's that's just adding uh, salt to the wound. Um, but yeah, overall, I just frustrated with Jimmy. It, it doesn't look like he can overcome mistakes when other players are also making mistakes, right? He's not going to carry the team like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but then he'll come through in, in a few drives here and there. And and you'll think, well, you know, we, we win games with him or he, he's good enough. But he's just a, a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, and it's not going to cut it if we really want to win a Super Bowl this year. And we, we've said that. Go ahead, Carlos. Yeah, so, I mean, Jamie, man. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Just let it out. It's a therapy <laughs> session. So, yeah, so that's the point, and that's where my frustration uh, with just everyone in general, we, we know we have our, our listeners in the 510 uh, that um, have been reaching out to me and saying, well, I mean, if the four enters, if they want to be Super Bowl contenders, they got to roll with Jimmy. You know, if they're going to rebuild, then, you know, then I, I guess you can start Trey Lance. But it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We traded three picks to take Trey Lance, you know, at number three. So my expectations are sky high that he needs to develop into an elite quarterback. Jimmy G, everybody has to realize he is not going to get any better. This is it. You're going to have good Jimmy and bad Jimmy. What does that mean? You're going to have some bonehead plays, at least one or two in the game. Like that, you know, fumble that he did that he tried to throw it away, but he didn't throw it away and he just threw it back and it resulted in a fumble. You're going to see at least one of those a game. Uh, And maybe you sprinkle in there another, you know, one or two interceptions that are either just very much catchable by the defense and they drop it or they just go ahead and take it. So Jimmy G, he is not a top 10 quarterback. So let's just make that clear right now. He is not a top 10 quarterback. He is the, weakest quarterback in the NFC West. No doubt about it. No argument. No. But if, if it's a full moon and, and if it's the third day of the month, no, he is the worst NFC West quarterback in the NFC in general. If you get into the playoffs, I would be willing to bet that he's going to be, if we even make it and he's the quarterback, he would be at the bottom of that list. He, he is not going to be, a quarterback that strikes fear into the defense. So if we're talking about trying to make a push for the Super Bowl, I'm not saying Trey Lance is an automatic, you know, yeah, with Trey Lance, we're going to get there. But with Trey Lance, I feel that the, that the ceiling is potentially much, much higher we are very much limited with Jimmy G. And like I said, yesterday's game, you know, Jimmy G, to his standards, he played well. He played to his, you know, level of play that we come we, we can come to expect. Yeah, two touchdowns and two turnovers. Yeah, that's Jimmy G, yep. 257 yards. It's not going to be over 300 yards. You're not going to see any, you know, big, deep plays. This is what you're going to expect. Yep. This is it. 
That's the most you're going to get out of him. So to his standard, to the Jimmy G standard, to the Jimmy G metric, he he played, you know, to what yep. we can expect to play. If you measure him, though, and you compare him to, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, a Kyler Murray, a Russell Wilson, I mean, if you see these numbers, if you see, man, what what's yep. going on with Aaron Rodgers or what's going on with Russell Wilson, he had such an uncharacteristic game. Yes, of, of course, I, I would agree. And that's the thing is that fans need to stop looking and, and saying, well, Jim, Jimmy G played well for, for Jimmy G. No, we, we, we need to play well for the NFL top five elite quarterback standard, and he's not cutting it. Yep, I agree. And I was going to say, when's the last time Jimmy G, I don't even know if we've ever seen it, where he's had a game where, like, damn, Jimmy G went off today. Like, you know, even Alex Smith, at least once a season, he w- would have a game where he would throw three, four touchdowns. And, you know, you're like, dang, Alex Smith had a game. I can't remember the last time, maybe the Saints game, maybe. But the last time where I was like, dang, Jimmy G is on today. He's hitting all these throws. Yeah, I think 2019, like you said, it. I think it's a good comparison to Alex Smith once or twice, maybe three times a season. Jimmy G in 2019 against the Cardinals, I think he had his best games and then the Saints game as well. Against the Cardinals, he actually did carry the team. But it's it's very few and far between. Uh, unfortunately, he, it's just not – the consistency is not there, and that's what you need. That's what the elite quarterbacks bring. Elite quarterbacks might have one or two bad games the entire season, you know, maybe three. But most of the time, you can count on them. You, you can count that they're going to they're gonna, – you know, they're going to be feared by the the opposing defenses. Yeah. And, and I guess like we said, like, you know, if Jamie, if Jimmy G is going to make these mistakes anyway, and this is as best as he's going to get, I mean, I don't know about you, but wouldn't you just rather roll with Lance? Yeah, that's what we've been saying. We've been saying we'd rather roll with Lance. We don't know what we're going to get there, but so I it, think, yeah, it, go ahead. It, it, I think it just comes back to, Shanahan and and his leadership style and the locker room means a lot to him and what it's feeling, right? I think he asks the opinion a lot. He tries to read it. And the locker room supports Jimmy G. And and I think he's just maybe waiting for Jimmy G to have that really bad game where the locker room will be more supportive of switching quarterbacks or waiting for an injury. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, with with Kyle, there there is – no like master plan where man Kyle's playing chess and we're playing checkers. No, I think it, it, it straight up comes up to that, you know, Shanahan for whatever reason has some belief in Jimmy G and that we can run the ball and that he can scheme things open or, or make it work. Um, and you know, the, the locker room respects Jimmy G. I get it. And I think since preseason, he's mishandled this where, you know, he had said, we will know when Trey Lance is ready to play and the team will know when he has arrived. Well, guess what? In the preseason, that was a perfect opportunity to let Trey Lance go out there with the number ones, let him learn, let him wow and win the team over. But he didn't get that opportunity. So he, now he, he's stuck with Jimmy G. And and I'll say, and I think that just falls on Shanahan because he has these pretty crazy expectations. And I think... He has those for why we saw Dante Pettis in the doghouse and why there was rumors that Ayuk was was in the doghouse is that he has these pretty crazy expectations for them. But yeah, I would agree. Lance didn't really get the chance. And I think that's why we saw in the offseason that the 49ers were trying to go for Watson or Stafford, this veteran who was proven and ready to start. And I think 
they feel that Lance isn't ready, so they have to roll with Jimmy G. Yeah, but but I, I disagree with that there. So then so then you're saying that Shanahan has these crazy expectations, you know, for Dante Perez in the doghouse, or maybe he had these crazy expectations for for uh, Ayuk or Debo. But then, what are his expectations from the quarterback position? Because if if you're gonna have these high expectations, then Jimmy G hasn't been cutting it since you know the end of 2019, right? Which which has been reported that that supposedly Shanahan's not happy with Jimmy, and that's why they've been trying to yeah. move him. But exactly. but here we are. But here we are. And and Trey Lance was reported to be like spending the most time on the iPads or whatever, studying the playbook, and he was working hard. And so I think he he's done all the right things. That's what I'm saying. That there is there is no master plan. I don't think he's too hard on him or or anything. I just think like like Steve Young said in the offseason, the message is crystal clear. You know, to Jimmy G, we we don't believe that you can stay healthy long enough, and we just are not sure that you have the tools to be an elite quarterback because they have they flirted and tried to get Stafford down in Cabo. It just didn't work out. They kicked the ball, the kicked the balls, they kicked the <laughs> tires, they kicked the tires on it's usually Martin. Tony that references balls. <laughs> no. They kicked the tires on Aaron Rodgers. They looked at Deshaun Watson. I mean, they looked at everyone and then they went in and mortgaged the future for Trey Lance. So the writing's on the wall. It's it's clear that Jimmy G is not the long-term franchise answer. The, the, that that just reminded me of a crazy conspiracy theory that I thought of today. Um, but you know, the reason I'm thinking about it is because just it, it doesn't add up how badly we wanted to move from Jimmy G and how, you know, maybe we just missed out on, we missed out on Stafford. We didn't get a chance to compete there and McVeigh got him. Watson, the whole legal thing, we might've ended up with him, but no, nothing there. And, you know, you mentioned that Lynch and Aaron Rodgers share a agent. Yeah. I'm wondering, and maybe I'm getting, giving them too much credit, but I'm wondering if the play was, we want Aaron Rodgers. We know he wants out. Let's trade up to number three overall and dangle that above the Packers because the general manager, you know, might be willing to to make a trade for the third overall pick. They can draft Kyle Pitts or whoever they already have love, or they could draft a quarterback, but we'll get Aaron Rodgers. And then when that wasn't happening, because remember there was a very, uh, a, uh, there was a press conference just with a press conference where Shanahan was very frustrated um, when with the questions and we thought it was because he wanted to get Mac Jones and everyone was asking him why. But then later he said, no, Mac Jones wasn't it. It was just, the whole thing is so confusing, guys. Uh, I'm wondering if the master plan was to try to get Aaron Rodgers and then that fell through and they went with Trey Lance. <laughs> no, I think we're, we're, we're giving them too much credit. I, I think here uh, I'm going to quote Judge Judy. Uh, if, if it doesn't make sense and it's probably not true, I think there's, there's, <laughs> there's too many things going back and forth. I think straight up, uh, I think Kyle Shanahan, he looked at the film and he just, you know, he, oh, Trey Lance is my guy. We got to trade up for him. Uh, after you know, after Stafford and everything else fell through, so they traded up for Trey Lance. So I think Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan, and John Lynch are tied together at the hip now. If yep. Trey if Trey Lance fails, I do not see either of them returning. They don't survive this anymore. So, so that's a that's a great point. Go go ahead and finish finish. So I'm what just, you're so, so what I'm saying is that that's it. Trey Lance is their 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 
they've hitched their wagon to him. All the eggs are in his basket. So I think Shanahan, I think he knows this. So he's yeah. very, he has to be very careful. Like, all right, once I go with Trey, that's it. There's no going back to Jimmy. And, you know, if Trey fails, then, you know, then it's over. Let, let, let me pull on that thread a little bit more there. Let me tug on that thread there a little more. I, li- I like what you just said, that Shanahan and Lynch are tied at the hip with Trey Lance. If he fails, it's over. So next year, we already know we have a lot of players on one-year deals. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to w- say. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want Trey Lance to play with this team to have the best chance to look good and succeed? Right. What What are we exactly. waiting for? There's just too many things that don't make sense. Yep. And it's just so, Judy said, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. <laughs> not so what, what What's the truth? So, what's the so truth? Then, so then I think it could be to what you alluded earlier, Pete, that the locker room, the culture matters. And one thing I will say, I will give Shanahan credit. Since he's been here, the players have always gone, you know, all out for him. They've always played, you know, losing record or whatever. They've, they've never quit on them ever. So I think, Jimmy G, to his credit, he does have supporters in the locker room. He does have players that will vouch for him that are just, you know, good friends with him or Kittle whatever. Kittle one of the big yeah, ones. Kittle, whatever it may be. Although Kittle, if you notice in his press conference, he yep. did say, you know, you know well, well, how come they were able to stop the run? He said, well, I mean, everybody was just stacking the box. They're, you know, they're, they're just going out to stop the run. So but, pretty much. But anyway, hold on, Tony. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm saying here is that I think the way Shannon Han has handled it, the way he has the culture set up, the way he cares about the locker room, is the way I see it. I would personally, I would you know have given Trey Lance more of an opportunity in the preseason and start him up front. But I think Shanahan, to be fair with the locker room and everything, he is just doing what you said earlier, Pete. He's letting Jimmy G go out there. You know he's gonna play his best and either one. He's going to get hurt, which I hope he doesn't. Um, he's going to get hurt. Or two, he's going to have one of those games where it's just, you know, two interceptions, three interceptions, or wherever, where it's going to be, you know what? I have no chance. I have no choice. I have to, you know, go with the rookie. So then, pretty much what you're saying is this is Jimmy G's job until he loses it. Yes, I would say so. What, That's... what do you think it would take? Like you said, one one bad game, two bad games. One loss in a row, two losses in a row. What I think, would it take? I think what it's going to take is for Jimmy G to struggle early on in the game to where it's just not clicking. His He's missing the reads or he's missing the throws. He's, you know, getting sacked, throwing interceptions. And then Trey well, Lance comes in. He gives the offense a, a spark. We're moving the ball. We and saw that it, yesterday. Trey, Jimmy G was struggling in the game early. Going into the half, third and goal, no time left. Trey Lance goes in, he scores a touchdown. No, but yes and no, because Jimmy G was struggling, but he was also making plays, and we weren't running the ball at all, and the game wasn't out of hand. There wasn't where it's, you know, and it's also week three. It, it's not you know, where it, it's, you know, we're in, in desperation mode or we need to win now. I mean, I think yesterday I... I I was feeling like, okay, maybe Trey Lance should come in. Maybe he should roll out there. But, I mean, again, yesterday, Jimmy G, at the end of the game, you know, we were in a position to win. He just played to his level. He played to Jimmy G's level. I just, I don't see Shannon Hand pulling the trigger and announcing this week 
all right, you know, against the Seattle Seahawks, Trey Lance will be starting. It just wouldn't fly in the locker room. And, and it's something that I said in our in our previous episode where this, if we lost this game, it wasn't the end, right? And how this game mattered so much more for the Packers. You could see how they celebrated. You could see how emotional Rodgers was afterwards. All the pressure was on them. I think it, it's going to come down to the division games, uh, Carlos. If we if we start losing these division games or if it's looking ugly, I think that's where Shanahan will feel more pressure to maybe make a move. But this Green Bay game, you know, the Packers are probably, they, they may not, they're most likely going to win their division, right? I mean, who's going to threaten them there? Yeah, they're, um, they're going to win it. And and we're, there's no way we win our division. So this game, in the end, is not going to matter like it did in 2019 where it was like the tiebreaker for the first seed. Um, that's not going to be the case here. So perhaps that these next division games... Yeah, um, so, so like there was my, pressure yesterday on the Packers these next two weeks. Uh, was it Seattle and then Arizona, right? Yep. I mean, that's big. So uh, what else do we want to say on, on the quarterbacks right now? I mean, this this is this is going to be the topic for the rest of the season, even, even if Trey Lance does come in, because then it's going to be evaluating him. Well, I think that that's the concern that people have. I think the concern is, if you roll Trey Lance out there and he struggles and or if he just flat out sucks, like, you know, <laughs> so far all the rookies have been doing, then what? Do you, you know, go back to Jimmy? Or do you just leave Trey Lance out there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's really going to depend on on how bad he sucks right is it is it because he's throwing too hard and the receivers aren't used to it is it because he's going to the wrong places is it his accuracy um i guess it really depends if if he's worse than jimmy out there and he and he's not improving right because of course he's you gotta expect he's gonna take his lumps early on if he's just not showing any improvement he's making the same mistakes over and over again shanahan might go back to jimmy and that's only if it looks like we have a chance to make the playoffs. But I think early on we'll know whether we have a chance or not because this division is so good. But yeah, and, and that's the thing though. I don't I, you, I in my opinion you can't do that. I think if you if you put if you bench Jimmy G, it's going to be for a reason and you're going to go out with Trey, so you're going to say all these things. I think where he's ready, he's studied, which you see it in practice, he's ready to go. If he fails in the games, then he's going to have to eat his word and say, well, I think I misread that Trey Lance is not ready. We have to bench him. Let's give Jimmy G another chance. That, that's not going to go well. That's why it's easy for me to say I'm, my job is not on the line. It's easy yeah. for me to say roll out Trey Lance. But I think Kyle, he's feeling the pressure. And maybe not so much right now. I think later on, if we're, you know, at six and seven, or you know, five and six, where it's borderline. Are we gonna make the playoffs or not? Where you know he's gonna have to make the call to you know, man, it's it's we're really losing because of Jimmy, and and we need trade to to give us a spark yeah. or something. Because once you go to trade, in my opinion, you you can't, can't go, back. go back. Yeah, it's it's way harder to try to go back to Jimmy. The situation has to be like absolutely almost perfect to try to go back to Jimmy. It's most likely not going to happen. Um, you know, we saw that happen with the Dolphins where they kind of went back and forth. Yep. I don't, I don't think that helped Tua. It nope. didn't help the team. Uh, so. And and we're seeing that now with the Bears. You know, Ju- Justin Fields, you know, he started this past week. 
know, Nagy called, you know, announced that he was a starter. He had a, a horrendous, hideous game, you know, a six for 20 uh, completion. And now there's talks about, well, you know, we don't know who's going to start next week. It may be Fields. It may be Dalton. It may, yeah. it may be Nick Foles. And that's bad. I mean, all right there already. Because the message you're sending to Justin Fields is, you know, we traded up for you to get you. But now, uh, I don't know. If we're, we're not sure if you're ready. You know, we're, we're, we're you know, we're losing the, the confidence in you after one game. Yeah. And then uh, it's just another thing I want to point out here, too, is that the 49ers are loaded compared to those teams, compared to the Jets, Jaguars, and, and Bears. So it's not the same, you know, uh, ex- expectation in terms of, well, you know, since Fields, Wilson, and Lawrence are struggling, so will Trey. Yeah, because a lot of people come back to like, well, a, a, a team has never won a Super Bowl with a rookie, but you, you got to realize that um, quarter, I mean, teams that are picking quarterbacks early in, in the draft is because they suck because they had a terrible record or they have, and, and they either have a new head coach or they have a lot of changes or they have crappy players. So yeah, that's why you're, you're almost, most likely not going to see a team win the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. However, with the 49ers, we had a bad record because we had so many injuries. And then the 49ers traded up to three or third overall. So yes, there is a, an opportunity that if Trey Lance comes in and plays extremely well because our team is loaded, we can actually win a Super Bowl. That That's people right. got to stop. People got to stop with the statistics that you can never. I mean, that's you can't just look at it that way. You got to look at the nuances. Exactly, it's it's different case by case, right? It's it's just you know, look at Sam Sam Darnold is the example that I think of. You know, he has the Panthers three and zero. They were calling him done with the Jets. He's done. He's seeing ghosts. He he, you know, he just can't stay healthy. He got mono. He's done, <laughs> or whatever. And he has the Panthers at three and zero. He's playing well. So uh, just yep. as to as uh, to add to a piece of there, you know, it's not like the Niners were two and, and fifteen or they don't have you know a Super Bowl roster. You know, we do. We have talent. We have you know a, a legit left tackle, legit tight end. You know, legit receivers, legit head coach. So, but I mean, I'll, I'll say this though: the way that the team is looking now. We don't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. No, and, and we and we said that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I so agree. I would say, don't. Wouldn't you argue that potentially maybe the only chance we have to even win the Super Bowl would be if, let's say, we put Trey Lance in and he plays up to his ceiling. Let's say he plays, you know, spectacular. He gives us the chance to even make the run. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we were saying in the last episode. Yeah. That we we didn't think that with Jimmy G you could win a Super Bowl anyway. We're looking at the other teams that are. Super Bowl contenders like the Buccaneers with Tom Brady or the Rams with Stafford. Um, you know, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, they could probably make it far, but we don't ha- we don't know about that head coach so much. Um, so yeah, we we I think we we see that that with Jimmy G, we if he couldn't win the Super Bowl in twenty nineteen with that defense and, yep. and and the team and the the constipated offense that was, that took the league by storm. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we win it this year. Yeah, I agree. So that, that's I think that's probably enough quarterback talk. If we want to come back to it later, we can. It's a long therapy session, but we need it. Let, let's get into another, you know, big elephant in the room 
that you know before the season started we said it was a it was a risk for the that the team was taking it was a big unknown I'll say and that's the defensive coordinator Demico Ryan's we didn't know you know how he was going to call plays how he would do what was your guys's evaluation about this of this game of Demico Ryan's Man, I think third week in a row, another meltdown to end the game, I would say. He, he really just hasn't shown like he can call a game to finish. I mean, granted, yes, he was going against Aaron Rodgers. But, I, I mean, I think a lot of the time there was just corners that weren't in the right position. Linebackers were out of position. I don't know. I, I don't think he he's uh, done too well in the past three weeks to, to end games. I agree. I think we weren't stopping the run very well the first week. He was he was doing the wide nine, which I don't think I've noticed as much. I don't think I've noticed the wide nine. I don't know if we adjusted. I'd have to go back and take a look. <clears throat> but it just seemed the game plan he came out with was the wrong one, the absolute wrong one. I think we were almost daring Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball, playing man and and stopping the run. And and we and we paid for it right away. And it's like we spotted him ten points right off the bat. Um, and yeah, the way the way that our defense in that last drive um, just forgot about Devontae Adams, like he's the one, he's the main guy that Rodgers has been going to, and we we should have doubled him. We should have paid more attention to him. Um, that's just inexcusable. Take away Adams, let someone else beat you, right? Because the chances are they might not make that play. They might drop the ball. They might run the wrong route or something, but. But we just let Devontae Adams run back there, and yeah, he caught the ball. It was perfect throws. Yeah, with, with D'Amico Ryan's, I think you know he's a rookie defensive coordinator, and that's what he's playing up to. He, he's a you know he's being I don't want to say he's being exposed, but he's I think coming out and he's he's trusting his scheme too much, or he's trusting that the level of talent in his players, where it seems. He doesn't know him that well, or I don't know because it doesn't make. That's the only thing I can think of, because it doesn't make sense to me why he would, from the very beginning, be playing man to man with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I don't understand why you do that instead of, you know, more so baiting them to run or give or giving them incentive to run rather than to test our corners and our safeties. I mean, the Lions were able to, to to hold down the Packers offense in the beginning better than we were. And I thought we had the, the better talented defense. Or at least keep Mosley on Devontae Adams all the time. And we had Dante Johnson covering him out there. That was it was too easy, man. Or not just that, just you know, give them safety help. So I, yeah. I, I think I will agree with Eric Davis. Um overall it was a team loss, but I feel that with 37 seconds left on the clock, I know it's Aaron Rodgers. They have zero timeouts. And for, for Devontae Adams to get just so wide open on back-to-back plays, it's just, it's just horrible. Yeah, because, I mean, our defensive line didn't even have a chance of getting there because yeah. he was throwing the ball right away, yep. trusting that yeah. Devontae Adams would beat our corners. And, and Bosa was the only defender out there, really, that was able to put any sort of pressure. Uh, yeah. B. Ford has disappeared. He's he's missing in action since game one. That's and true. Then, and no one else is no one else has stepped up. And I'll say another, I guess, knock on Ryan. There was times where Bosa wasn't even in the game. I mean, I don't know if those are maybe just to catch his breath or something, but there was extended, you know, three four plays where Bosa wasn't out there, and it showed clearly. You know, like you said, Paulo said Bosa was the only one getting pressure, and I mean, he just picked us apart on those plays. 
Yeah, I think it was on the Packers' first uh, touchdown scoring drive. Bosa was out of the game or out of that drive for the majority. It wasn't until they were pretty much in the red zone where we came in and it was you know too little too late. Yeah, and as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Bosa is just getting double teamed and no one else is – that that should mean that someone else is getting one-on-ones and getting opportunities, but it's not It's not, not happening. Not only that, but it's usually a tight end or a receiver that's chipping them, which means that tight end or receiver, his his route is, you know, big-time delayed. So the yeah. corner should be able to cover him. So, I mean, you know, I, you know what's his name? Uh, Sosa or whatever, Samsung Ebukam. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really seen him get get pressure, or you know he was supposed to be another you know sack specialist. Yeah, D Ford, I don't know where he's at since week one. I haven't you know I'm I'm seen him out there, but I just haven't seen him get to the quarterback anymore. And and these were some backup offensive linemen on the Packers too. So yep. But that's you know that's when you have a legitimate quarterback like that that can get rid of the ball so quick, and of course this. This is where we're missing Barrett so badly, guys. If we have Barrett, I think he's on Devontae Adams, and it's a different game. But I agree. We, ju- we just don't have him. Um, it's gonna be it's a huge concern going forward. These corner this cornerback position and running back too. I, I feel like the running back is a huge question mark as well. It's just not not as glaring as a corner. Yeah, and then I mean, just to add to that too, I think Josh Norman. I think he's showing some promise. That he he's showing something, but. He went out of the game so early on, and I mean, we—he could have made a difference. Not only did he go out, but Kwan Williams also went out. So we were down to Mosley, Dante Johnson, and Yamador Lenore were our corners. Yeah. So let's get to the question that we like to ask on on week three: Are the 49ers contenders or pretenders so far in in your mind? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I, I think it's it's still only you know th- week three, we're we're two and one. I would say that the jury is still out. I, I'm I'm not gonna say that we are uh, legit contenders because overall, in my opinion, when we say are we contenders for the Super Bowl with Jimmy G starting, we are not. Um. So I I the we what we are currently. Not pretenders because we have the talent, but we will not be contenders until Trey Lance is in there. And if he does not play well, then in that moment, we will be pretenders. I agree. I, I think we'll find out for legit contenders after these next two weeks, you know, through the Cardinals and Seahawks. I, I think we're a playoff, you know, team. Um. But yeah, like Carlos said, it's just with, with Jimmy G, it's frustrating. And also, it's not like the 49ers, you know, played horrendous. It was a close game. It was a tough loss, you know. Um, it's not like we got blown out. I think we'd be having maybe a different conversation. But... I feel like we got – I feel like it should have been a blowout when we got lucky. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say we're pretenders, and I think we will get exposed and continue to get exposed in the next two games when we play Seattle. Seattle's one and two. But they got Russell Wilson, um, DK Metcalf, and their speedster guy uh, that always Lock puts it. up fan- fantasy points. <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna burn us. They're gonna burn us bad. Jimmy G won't be able to keep up. Same thing with the Cardinals. I'm thinking and I'm hoping that we make the switch at quarterback with the bye. I think 
I think we go in um, two and three, and we make the, the switch at quarterback at the bye. The Colts aren't looking as daunting as we thought. And that's that's my prediction. I think we're pretenders until Trey Lance comes in, and then we we have to judge all over again. But I think we'll we'll be exposed in the next two weeks. Unfortunately, I hope I, I have to eat crow. But we said it. This is a true the first true test. We were at home, and we just did not play anywhere near like we we thought we would going against this Packers defense that was ranked pretty low, and the defensive coordinator did, was not looking good, and we couldn't take advantage. So th- this is the offense that Shanahan wants to roll with. This constipated offense. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we're contenders even for the playoffs, and that's because our division is so strong. So let's move on to studs and duds. Uh, I know it's kind of tough on the loss to 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 point at the positives, but do you guys have any positives or any anyone you want to shout out as a stud from this game? I would say my biggest shout out would go to Trenton Cannon, who had that pretty crazy. Uh, he had three returns for 170 yards, and he had that big one that sparked the offense, and where he almost ran it back all the way. I think finally we have a we had a good a good kick returner. And even Ayuk was doing good at, at punt returns, but I think Trent Cannon really stood out to me. Okay. I Yeah, definitely. I agree there. That was a huge pickup, Trenton Cannon. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a shot at running back because he does remind me of Mostert a lot. Obviously, Mostert was a great special teams player and still, yep. until he started uh, playing running back due to injuries, and then he just kind of took off yep. in 2019. I, I think he also, also had a tackle too, actually. Yep. Yeah, he had some big tackles. I think Kittle showed why he's one of the best tight ends in this game. I, I almost got the sense back to the Saints game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, towards the end of the game when he was getting the ball, and it felt like no one was going to bring him down and he was going to score for us. He had seven receptions, 93 yards. He looked really good. Uh, you know, I wish we could get him more involved, and that's where we get excited about getting a more legit quarterback that can that can throw the ball spread the ball out some more and, and be more of a, of a threat with deep throws. Yeah, I would say, I mean, my, my studs, um, I think he, Trent Williams, he continues to just, you know, manhandle people. He, he was definitely a stud. Um, and then I, w- I would just, you know, highlight uh, Debo, you know, he, he's making some t- tough catches. He's, he remains our number one receiver. Yeah. And, and then Juice, I mean, Juice played a, a much bigger role in this last game. Yeah. And I, I would throw Ayuk in there too. I mean, he had some really good catches and he had that nice touchdown catch as well. He did have one drop touchdown, but I, I think overall, I mean, I don't think he's in the doghouse anymore per se. And all of a sudden, Sherfield disappeared. Which is weird, right? Because this is the, the the receiver Sherfield that <laughs> supposedly outplayed Ayuk, and now Ayuk has got the job back, but that Sherfield's like completely out of the freaking offense. Not uh, only thought... not only that, but I mean he I mean he even fell behind Sanu, right? I, I, and to that, I, I still go back to um, you know um, Alex Smith and the receivers. I think usually true receivers start to suffer, you know, as your as if your quarterback can't throw beyond ten to fifteen yards. I I think um, as we see more of Trey Lance and we see more of Trey Lance throwing, I would expect you know Ayuk to start you know getting more explosive plays, 
And I mean, we saw it. Lance and Sherfield had a connection in the preseason. That's true. And I know you guys give me shit about Mullins, but he would always bring the best out of the receivers, man. Are you? <laughs> he'd, bring, he'd bring the best out of the defense and throw him the ball. <laughs> Yeah, but he he would he would throw the ball to the receivers and they'd get great stats. But yeah, he would throw it to the other team more every once in a yeah. while. Mullen's downfall was his arm. If he had a stronger arm, then you know he might have been pretty good in the league. But yeah, yeah, it's a different conversation. I think on defense, the only stud that I could think of is is Bosa. Even Warner, Fred Warner, I feel that in the last thirty seven seconds, he just didn't get deep enough, and it's like have some yeah. better awareness. Well, yeah. even who, even even before that, that he had a horrible pass interference. Yes, call. Yeah, and, and Bosa did it. I mean, not Bosa. Warner did admit to that um, that he wasn't deep enough on that. And it, granted, it was a really good throw, but yeah, Warner admitted admitted to it that you know he should have been deeper. In yeah, because it, or go ahead, get, get deep because you know if they catch it in front of you, then you have a chance to tackle them. They're gonna waste more time trying to get out of bounds and. But if they beat you deep, that's it. You know that you're just—that's the whole point. You can't let them do that. And and Warner just did not drop deep enough, and 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 it happened a couple of times. I mean, it was it was terrible. You'd you'd hope to see better from Fred Warner there. Maybe that's how he was coached to do it. And and hopefully we we learn from that, the coaching staff and Warner. But that was disappointing. What about duds? Anyone you want to single out other than we already talked about Jimmy G and, and he's kind of both a dud and a stud. Yeah. Which is, which is frustrating. I'll, I'll have one more knock on Jimmy G <clears throat> just on um, in the, I guess the post game press conference, they were talking about his, uh, the play where the refs called a, called it a fumble where, you know, where it clearly, it clearly was a fumble, but Jimmy G, he, he didn't own up to it. He said that, you know, mm. that was unfor- it was unfortunate the way, it was an unfortunate call by the refs there for a fumble. And, I mean, I, I think there, come on, you just kind of got to own up, own up to it like Warner did and say, yeah, that's on me. You know, I can't be making that mistake. But That's, that's, that's a great point. That's that, that, was, that was such a weird play to me. You know, this is where I'd like to go back and see it or maybe someone does a breakdown on the All-22. If you, if you go back and look at the, at the broadcast version, Debo was like right next to Jimmy G. Uh, when he had the ball, and I don't know if Jimmy G was supposed to turn the other way. I don't know if this was a trickery play from Shanahan, which if it was, that was just horrible timing by him. But that that was a weird play all around. There was a defensive lineman that got through right away, and Jimmy tried to throw it away, or I don't know what he was trying to do, but it just slipped out of his hands backwards, and yeah, that was a fumble big time. What else we got? Trey Sermon, dud for me. They were stacking the box as well, but he just doesn't look like a Shanahan running back. I hope it's because of the playbook or, or and they could correct it, but otherwise that's a that's a terrible pick at at third at three or in the third round. Um yeah, I hope guys, he, Hasty comes back or Mitchell, they're they they just look more explosive. Yeah. What did you guys think of the uh handshake at the <laughs> end of the game between LaFleur and Shani? That's kind of what I expected. I mean, I, I was you yeah. know, hoping that we had one. Maybe Shanahan could have rubbed it more in his face. But, I mean, it's it's clear there's something going on right now. They don't like each other. Well, yeah. More, or I think more so LaFleur is just upset with Shanahan right now. 
Yeah, I don't think the beef was overblown. And then, yeah, just to recap, there was like a quick handshake. They didn't even look at each other. It was just kind of, they just kind of walked past each other and I guess just kind of barely shook hands. Let's not forget that Shanahan did block Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur, who was his offensive coordinator last year. That is true. Uh, from, from going to, to, the Packers, right? He blocked them from going to the Packers to be their offensive coordinator. So there might might have been something there from before. But yeah, there's definitely something going on between them for sure. Do we want to get into injuries here? How do we come out of this game? Who do we lose this time? Oh, man. Once again, third week in a row and then some more huge losses. I think the biggest one's Kwan Williams. You know, you could argue one of the best, you know, nickel corners in the league. He had a calf injury, and Shanahan said he's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, that's pretty big. Uh, Josh Norman, who I don't know, was kind of confused when he came out, but it looks like he had a pretty serious injury. He took a helmet to the chest, bruised his lungs, and has internal had internal bleeding and was coughing up blood. It's pretty crazy. I don't. Think that I've is ever, crazy. I've ever heard of that. And Shanahan said he, he's day to day. Um, he did have a great play where he punched the ball out. It was too did. close to the sideline. Otherwise, we might have been able to recover, but that looked good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Josh Norman, he, he can really be a surprise at corner. He just needs to play more. Yeah, and that actually might even be the play where he, he got injured, Yeah, where he, where he punched that ball out. And I think the chest, the helmet might have hit his chest. Besides that, Dante Johnson, he was injured or returned to the game. And then, you know, just your typical Kittle has calf soreness day-to-day, Kinlaw with his knee day-to-day, and then Eric Armstead, his adductor, which is, I guess, in the growing area, some muscle, which we found out last week. He's also day-to-day. Yeah, not, not I guess the, the biggest concerns, of course, is that corner. But we didn't, at least we didn't have a, a significant injury you know, a big blow like we did to when we when Moser and Verrett went down. But Well, well I think K1's a big one. You know, if he's out for a few weeks. That's true. Yeah, he's because our corner position so is so thin. Yep. All right, let's take a look at our around the league to wrap up here. Uh NFC West games. We got the Ram the big one, right? The one that we were watching. The Rams beat the Bucks. They handled them, man. They looked dominant. Stafford was twenty seven or thirty-eight, three hundred and forty three yards, four touchdowns. It's just you know, I'm, that, I'm wasn't even close, that wasn't even a close game, man. We were saying the Buccaneers were the best team in the NFL and the Rams just handled them like nothing. So the, the, that's that's scary. Deshaun Jackson just turned back time too. All the well, weapons, it, man. Everybody. That, that's what happens when you have a quarterback that can throw deep and has the arm to, to get it anywhere on the field. Yep. Yeah, Rams are legit. I mean, yeah, you, I could say they're probably the best team in the in the league right now. Unfortunately, they're looking like legit Super Bowl contenders. I had said it last week. I think I said Rams and and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs lost again, but uh, it's looking pretty clear like the Rams are going to be there most yeah. likely. And, I, and like we mentioned before, you know, we keep a close eye on the Rams because, like we said, their their philosophy is completely different from what the 49ers have done, and and they've gone out and and built through free agency and trading for players, right? And I mean, so far it's paying off. And if they win a Super Bowl, I mean, it, it would have worked. And, and and not just not just that, but you know where they were similar is the quarterback position where Goff got to yep. the Super Bowl wasn't good enough. Goff won a lot of games for them. Goff was up and down. 
And what did McVay do? He said, enough of Goff. He traded him away. They lost a lot of picks, but they got a legit quarterback. And now they're looking like they're very likely going to win the Super Bowl. It's early on, but you could tell early on. You could tell, right? Um, These teams that are 3-0, 2-1, they're they're the ones that are going to move on. You could usually tell early on who are the contenders and who are not. Man, at this point, though, I almost think we should have just maybe even kicked the tires on Deshaun Watson now that it's all said and done. Just because, I mean, we, we took a swing with Lance, but it just Shanahan doesn't seem to have the confidence in the rookie just yet, or he's just, you know, he's still content with Jimmy G, which he is almost the same quarterback as Goff. So. More reason to get Lance out there already and see what we got. Yep. yep. I don't know how much patience Jed York will have if Lance doesn't work out and we want to trade for Watson, though. And, and what are we going to trade? We're, you know, yeah. we are... <laughs> It's yep. not looking good. What else happened around the NFC? Cardinals beat the Jag- the Jaguars, which they should have. Uh, they won 31-19. Well, what was the score for Bucks and uh, Rams anyway? It, um, it's... 34-24, but uh, the score is not reflective of the game. I no, think like, the game was it was out of hand. I think that the Bucks scored like in garbage time. It was near the end already. Yeah, the Rams are such a complete team with that defense and, and now with Stafford. Yep. So Rams Cardinals are both three and zero in the division. Seattle did lose to the Vikings, which is surprising. They usually handle the Vikings. And what was the score there? Let's see. Thirty to seventeen. They got they got beat pretty soundly. Yeah, we, we, yep. we play them next, the Seahawks. And the, the second loss in a row, actually, for the Seahawks. And, and so they're going to be pretty damn desperate. We yep. are at home. But what does being at home mean? You know, it just, do we have a, a home field advantage? It, it feels like we don't sometimes. I know the crowd was loud, but it seems like we lose more games at home than away sometimes with Shanahan. Well, I mean, the thing is also the, the opponents, right? I mean, if we had played the Lions at home or the Eagles at home, um, you know, It'd be different, right? But we played the Packers with Aaron Rodgers at home, and now yeah, playing but, Russell Wilson at home. Yeah, but don't you want to play the tough opponents at home? You yeah. want to play them at home, right? You don't want to play them away. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, we'll see. What else happened in the anything? Anything else there? Any other games or anything you guys wanted to point out? Unfortunately, the, the, our hated teams, the Raiders and Cowboys, <laughs> are are winning. Taking the, care of business. You know that that's so frustrating. It just adds <laughs> salt to the wound where when the Raiders or the Cowboys are doing well the, and the, the ro- rookies continue to struggle. Yeah, man, Fields looked pretty terrible. He had one net passing yard, sixty-eight. So he had sixty-eight passing yards, sixty-seven yards lost due to sack. The Browns sacked him nine times. I think Miles Garrett had like four and a half sacks. And then, like Pablo mentioned earlier, that Nagy said that any of the three QBs can start next week. Oh, I, I mentioned that. See, there we go. Uh, uh, there fake, we go. fake news, There's... Tony. There he is. We, we. Yeah, and I think uh, those sacks. I don't. You know, what's his name wasn't getting sacked as many times. Dalton. Uh, yeah, Dalton wasn't getting sacked as much. Um, so it's it was just Fields being hesitant, not knowing where to go, and trying to run like he did in college, and it wasn't working. Yep. And then uh, Zach Zach Wilson. Continues to look terrible. You had a uh, two interceptions. I don't think he threw for any touchdowns. 
So no, okay. last no. week to this week, at six interceptions. Goose egg. He was 19 of 35, <laughs> 160 yards, no touchdown, two interceptions. The Jets were shut out by the Broncos. <laughs> and Robert Sala, you know, he should have just stayed with the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think right now he, he's a better than D'Amico. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think I think it was uh one of the the show the sports shows they were saying that the average point scored by the Jets in the last two weeks is like six point four or something crazy like that the lowest you know for an offense in how many years that's pretty yeah. insane that's pretty bad man and Mac Jones Mac Jones you know the Patriots are still losing he's he's throwing the ball a lot. He was 30 of 51, 270 yards, a touchdown, but three interceptions. Yeah, that's way too much for a rookie quarterback. Uh, even with Bill Belichick, I mean, 51 times, it's a lot to ask. See, that, that's the kind of game that Jimmy G would have to have where it's like one touchdown, three interceptions, something like that, that would uh, start a fire more so under the, you know, we want Lance, we want Lance. Man. All right. Well, it's our first episode uh, that we record after a loss. I think talking it through with you guys, this therapy session, I, I, I do feel, I don't know, I, I, can't, I can't say I necessarily feel better because it, it, the honest truth is that we're, we're probably not going to go to the Super Bowl unless something crazy happens. <laughs> um, I feel more confident in what we've been talking about in the past and what we're seeing. Uh, I guess we feel more confident in, in the analysis and and just being more realistic but it still it still sucks you know that we're not the rams right now that's who we wish we were yeah yep so no, yeah it definitely helps to to talk through it talk through it just like in therapy and vent and get it out and you know you're we're, you're not necessarily going to fix the problem right now but at least you're not keeping it bottled up it's true <laughs> mental health is key ladies and Anything. gentlemen but I don't know if the 49ers are so good for that. <laughs> Definitely not. Anything else you want to get off your chest or, or is the session over now? I think we're good for now until the, 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 the Seahawks, there's another level of hatred there. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later this week. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let's hope it's not a therapy session again uh, next week. But if, uh, if, if it is, then we'll be here. All right. Till next time. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.